Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 18. This week we're talking about 1985's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. With Joe. But he's just a raggedy man. He's quick. And Sam. This blaster... Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Mad Max to my auntie entity, although they never call her auntie entity in this. Sam. Hi. How you doing? Good. You got yourself a VR headset, I heard. Oh, yes. The Oculus? Yes. I have joined the metaverse. And what? Join us. What, so your review is join, join us? Join us. <laughs> uh, you're going from the metaverse and your Oculus to this piece of shit. Yeah. This week. Well, I, I, had fo- I warned everyone. You did. Multiple times about this movie. <laughs> you certainly did. I wish we could skip it, but. I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my jokes of all. It's going to happen. <laughs> like, holy f***. This week, Sam has unintentionally nominated Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome from 1985. Boy, is an experience. From the action, for the action-adventure movie pantheon, and the action-adventure movie pantheon consists of seven and only seven films. They are, at number one, Die Hard with an A-. Number two, Die Hard with a Vengeance with a B+. Number three, Live Free or Die Hard. Ooh, Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard. Okay, with a B+. Then, Mad Max to the Road Warrior gets a B. King Kong is at number five with a B-. Point Break from 1991 with a C+, and the original Mad Max from 1979 with a solid D+. Uh, that might be staying oh, there it's today. Staying. It's staying. <laughs> it's staying. This list isn't changing today. It's not changing. Uh, so I'm not going to ask, do you think Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome has a chance of breaking into the Pantheon? Oh, I'm going to no. say no. Hell no. <laughs> do you want to alter any of your grades on the previous shows? No. No? No, I'm pretty good. I mean, I haven't watched Die Hard or Good Diddy Died. Yeah. Uh, Waterworld needs to stay exactly where it is <laughs> in all its glory. A beautiful mess. Uh, this this For those that will uh, watch this, uh, what, Beyond Thunderdome makes yeah. Waterworld a cinematic masterpiece. It does. It really does. It, it makes you appreciate Waterworld to the fullest. Yeah. I, I, I struggled with my grade this week because I, I hate the movie we just watched, Beyond Thunderdome. Well, I hate most it. people do. I also think it's a worse movie than Waterworld, but I want to give Waterworld the global killer over this movie because it, it, there's so much money, so much money was put into it to make yeah. it so bad. I, I don't know. I, I, we are starting this. I have no idea what Graham to give this. I don't know if I'm giving this a D minus or an F. I have no idea yet, but it's one of the two. So now that we finished that business, let's get down to business. This week, we're talking about 1985's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, a movie made for $10 million that brought in $36.2 million worldwide. Proud of them. It tripled its money. 
Hey, that's a success. I would say so. Written by Terry Hayes and George Miller. Directed by George Miller and George Ogilvie. Music by Maurice Jarre. Rated PG-13 with a runtime of an hour and 47 minutes. Well, I'm sure the first movie in this movie was about an hour, and the second movie was 47 minutes. Because this was like two different movies all jammed into one. Yes. Uh, starring Mel Gibson as Max. Bruce Spence as not the gyro captain, but <laughs> Jedediah. Adam Cockburn as Jedediah, J- Jedediah Jr. Which, why don't they just make the gyro captain and feral boy show up? And that's their thing. Uh, there's there's a lot of questions <laughs> to be asked about this movie. There, there are a lot of questions. Tina Turner as anti-entity and arguably the second best actor in this movie. Uh, Frank Thring as the collector. Angelo Rosito as the master. Third best. <laughs> Paul Larson as the blaster. Fourth best. <laughs> Angry Anderson as Iron Bar. Robert Grubb as Pig Killer. George Spartels as Blackfinger. Edwin Hodgman as Dr. Dr. Deal Good. <laughs> Bob Hornery as Water Cellar, Andrew O oh as Tauntaun Tattoo, and according to the credits, Mel Gibson, who plays Mad Max, is listed again among the stunt crew. <laughs> Good on you, Mel. Because he said, if you're going to put me in a f***ing bungee cord harness, I better be part of the stunt crew, too. <laughs> according to IMDb, this movie had many different taglines. Which one is your favorite? We've got Maddox, Max is back, and Tina's got him. We've got Mighty Max. We got two men enter, one man leaves. There's Hold Out for Mad Max. This is his greatest adventure. (laughs) And then the last one, a lone warrior searching for his destiny, a tribe of lost children waiting for a hero. In a world battling to survive, they face a woman determined to rule. I'm going to say my favorite's the fourth one because if they think this was his greatest adventure, wow, what a sell job. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do the two man enter, one man leaves because I just hate it so much. (laughs) Honorable mention goes to the first one though. Max is back and Tina's got him because they were like, we're not going to say Mel is back. We're going to say Max Max. is, but if you think Auntie Entity is anything other than Tina Turner, you are mistaken. You are highly mistaken. (laughs) Comes with saxophone music and background. (laughs) Call back to the first movie. Uh, do you uh, remember seeing this for the first time? I don't. I really don't. I don't even know if I've actually watched the whole thing before. I saw it for the first time yesterday. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. All the, you know what? I've been waiting and waiting. And when we finally set a date for when we were going to do this, I was like, okay, now I know. But I also, okay, the first time I started watching it was the day before yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tapped out. I, I had to force myself to finish. <laughs> I tapped out for the show, which uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about the Rick and Morty Thunderdome episode. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what it should have been. How much better it was. <laughs> that's what it should have been. Well, now it's time for a segment inception to perception where I dig shallowly into the internet to find out how this movie came to be. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. And wow, is it shallow out there. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome was the first Mad Max film made without producer Byron Kennedy, who was killed in a helicopter crash in 1983 while location scouting for the film. 
While the film was in development before Kennedy's death, director George Miller was hesitant to continue without his producing partner. Quote, I was reluctant to go ahead, said Miller, and then there was a sort of need to. Let's do something that just to get over the shock and grief of all that, end quote. And the title card at the end of the film reads, For Byron, which kind of makes sense because I feel like George wasn't all the way into this. No, absolutely not. This is this is so far from Mad Max. Yeah. And I I really compare this to the Jordan, uh, Jordaski, Jordan, uh, the Matrix sisters. Wachowskis? Wachowski. <laughs> Jordaskis. So just something. Uh, no, I, I, I really thought that this was very close to how uh, the Wachowski sister handled the death of her parents. Yes. And how one sister was like, no, I need time to cope and I need to push through this. And, mm-hmm. you know, where the other sister was like, I'm going to do everything not to focus on that and put everything into a movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's funny because you could almost say that the first half of this movie was one director or one writer. And the second half of this movie was a different writer. Yeah. Uh, when they hit the, the e- first PG 13 Mad Max, by the way, the first two were R. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No more. No more raping. No, no more. No more raping or killing, for that matter. Like, oh, there's hardly any killing. There. There is only 22 deaths apparently on screen, and they must all happen in the last. Were, I think there were less because a lot of those characters kept on coming back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot. No. <laughs> In fact, how was this a Mad Max movie? <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's the argument. It's not. Uh, Miller ended up co-directing the film with George Ogilvie, with whom he had worked on the 1983 miniseries The Dismissal, said, quote, I had a lot on my plate. I asked my friend George Ogilvie, who was working on the miniseries, could you come and help me? But I don't remember the experience because I was doing it to just, you know, I was grieving. This is... Uh, this is why I hate when produ- when production studios like set a date and they're like, we're not moving the date come hell or high water. Cause then you get shit like this. Yeah. Could you imagine what justice league would have turned out to be if Zack Snyder hadn't pulled away? It would have been what the Snyder cut was. I think it would have been different. Okay. I think it would have been less focused. Oh, okay. I understand. I thought you meant like taking away the situation with his daughter and all that stuff. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about like if he, oh, if he had if stayed he with it, stayed with it, it would have been a disaster. It would have been even worse. Absolutely. Like he, he did the, you know, the right, you know, he took his time to grieve. Yeah. Instead of pushing and making a production company happy. Well, the production company still got their way. They were like, bring in Joss Whedon. He'll put this together. Yeah, and well, they got Joss Whedon, Justice League. He got the Whedon cut. Uh, according to the Mad Max wiki, this movie takes place 15 years after the Road Warrior. Why? They gave him gray. I don't know. Gave him longer hair. Yeah. Uh, no, this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into my gripes. Okay. The music video for Tupac's 1996 hit, California Love, was shot at the Thunderdome set and features Mad Max inspired vehicles and attire. A little trivia there. Uh, the stunt involving the train destroying a car with Iron Bar Basie on board was performed by Dennis Williams, the steam stuntman who rolled the Mack truck in the Road Warrior. 
Hell yeah. Now, the stunt did not go exactly as planned from the beginning. Originally, the train had to be backed up to make way for an actual train using that same railway line, and the stunt was rescheduled for the next day. After crashing into the car, the stunt driver sustained burns to his left arm and shoulder and was transported to a hospital via helicopter. You know, the risk you take for a Mad Max movie. It, you know what you're signing up for. And you know what? At that In that shot, they probably thought they were in a Mad Max movie. <laughs> yeah, they did. They're like, oh, we're, we're back. Okay, we're, we're back. Good. Yeah, not realizing that the other hour and a half of this movie has nothing to do with any cars or racing or any of that. Uh, nine crew members collapsed from heat exhaustion during the five-week-long shoot of the final scenes on the lunar plane, Cooper Petey. Yeah. Uh, the entrance to Barter Town was filmed on a searing desert in the center of Australia that used to be an inland sea several million years ago. Oh, yeah. Australia is a lot of dirt. And I will I will give George Miller props for this. Every movie he has done, it's looked more dystopian. Yes. Until the Lost Boy section of this movie. Then I don't know where we're uh, at. Yeah. <laughs> They still have the nice brand new football shoulder pads. Uh, yes. Yes. They're, un, we, un, they're Raider un, gear. <laughs> Raiders. Okay. And my favorite part, the Thunderdome bungee cords did not supply enough lift for the actors to perform big leaps. A manually controlled compressed air system was used to propel, propel the performers into the air to achieve the desired effect. The actors were shot as high as 18 feet in the air. The shot was full of bruises and abrasions that took a heavy toll on all cast and crew members, including Mel Gibson, who has been given just two days to master the maneuvers, which kind of looks like they only had a couple days. All, <laughs> I just can't help but see this at a mall <laughs> like this this bungee cord shit is it's it's your favorite mall right now you can live out your mad max thunderdome dreams by strapping into one of those bad boys it looked like it's so dumb when they start fighting it looks like two it looks like a couple of kids that went to like one of those trampoline basketball places yes. and just decided to you know wrestle while you, jumping you, in the air you almost wish the song. It's a ballet. Yeah. It's... Uh, but yeah, that's all I could find. Uh, now, before we get into this for the show today, did you watch this on your iPhone or your TV? Amazon Prime. I got a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. Okay. So I wanted to stream this yep. on my TV. That's what I bought it for, to watch things. Yes. I go to my Amazon Prime account. On my TV, and I look up Thunderdome. No Thunderdome exists. Womp womp. So then I go to my computer, cool, whatever, type in Thunderdome, stream. First thing that pops up, Prime Video, Thunderdome, stream. So I go to my computer. Lo and behold, I can rent it there. I can even buy it on my Amazon Prime. You couldn't rent it on your Amazon Prime on your TV? No. So I thought, oh, well, I can try this. So I rented it on my computer. Yeah. Started it. Okay. Two minutes in, I stop on the computer and I pull it up on my TV because it'll drag in my resume watching. Right. I resume watching. You know what the hair tells me? What? Too many people watching. It's just me. Yeah, but you have it on two devices, so it's no, I closed. I closed out. Oh, okay. I waited ten minutes. So TV does not offer everything it has on computer. Yeah. So I had to watch it on my little fucking computer. Why did you just use my voodoo? You didn't tell me. You said you bought uh, Fury Road and Mad Max The Road Warrior because you didn't want Thunderdome on your voodoo. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I put it on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And three bucks. Because shit. Yeah. The only one I don't have is the first Mad Max now. Why not? Because <laughs> it sucks. Oh, piss <laughs> off. No, yes, it's uh, the only one they haven't put on sale. They're expecting me to spend fourteen dollars on that. Oh, why would and the oh, others are okay. like four ninety nine? And like, what are you okay. doing? Yeah, fifteen bucks too much. Yeah. Okay. Again. Okay. All right. Again. I watched it on my big ass TV. That's what I did. I watched it on my big ass TV. All the had my, glory. Had my my chair all the way up, so it seemed like I was at the theater. You know, doing it right, and uh, I got an eyeful. When you put your notes in, I put mine in while I'm watching. How about you? Yes, uh, I will periodically stop the movie, yeah. write my notes so I don't miss anything. I sometimes will like stop and be like, look something up, like who is that person? What else were they in? And stuff like that, which I did several times with the stunt crew. Oh, okay. I did that a couple of times and I was like, oh, what else did this person do after this? And it, it's not shocking. Let's get into this movie. What are you trading? I'm looking for someone. You got nothing to trade or not? He was driving a team of cans. People come here to trade. Make a little profit, do a little business. Got nothing to trade, you've got no business in Bath Town. Now we're on the inside, that's all. Next. I got skills, I can trade then. Sorry, the brothel's full. find him what then i'll ask him to return what's mine oh and of course he'll be desperate to clear his conscience he will be you that good mm-hmm. perhaps you've got something to trade after all keep talking 24 hours of your life in return you'll get back what was stolen sounds like a bargain it's not let's talk come inside the film opens with an aerial view of a desert vehicle being towed by a team of camels. As the frame moves in closer, a plane flies in very close to the vehicle, knocking its driver off. The plane, being flown by a man named Jedediah and his son, flies over the vehicle again and Jed jumps out, landing on it. Though the owner tries to catch up, Jed gets away quickly. A monkey in the... Uh, me a monkey in the back of the vehicle throws several items out for the driver including his boots and water the driver is max rockatansky a loner who scratches a living out of the desert he finds his small whistle in the belt of one of his boots and blows on it almost ritualistically it wouldn't be an 80s movie without a monkey it, what'd you think of the <laughs> the opening shot of this i thought they're like it, it this is this is like the deceiving moment because yeah. it it looks more cinematic it has more uh dramatic shots yeah and it's great flight just cool plane scene i know he ripped it off there's a there's a famous movie where there's a guy running from a plane and it comes down and sweeps i forget what the movie oh called. okay but ripped it off but right. it works great yeah <laughs> so it's a little shaky though uh, but I like i think it as it's like that jj abrams star trek thing like banging the camera and it's like adds a little Okay. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, train man strikes again. Also, but here's the thing. Like, I understand, like, the shakiness of it, because I think you said earlier, you mentioned in this year, like, the kid is flying, so it's not going to be smooth. Yeah, no, I really appreciated that, uh, because, you know, kids, what, five, six, seven? It Maybe. Somewhere in there? Yeah. 
Like he's not going to be able to, to me, like it doesn't make sense that he can fly a plane like a seasoned pilot. It's going right. to be all over the place, but he gets it. Now him landing, you know, how's that going to happen? Oh, it's going to happen off screen. And for me, I, when you mentioned that, I, I thought to myself, you know, a year later, we're going to get Top Gun. A year later. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Top Gun pushed push boundaries. They have their own. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Bruce Spence, the train man. He's back. But there's why? a different character. Why? For whatever fucking reason. Maybe he's homies with George Miller. Who knows? He's not. I don't think he's in Fury Road. But would, if this takes place 15 years later, wouldn't it have made sense to have that character? And this is his kid with that one girl who surprisingly wanted to be with him in the Road Warrior. No, because who's going to steal Max's stuff unless he just like picks off a random stranger, but then you wouldn't, I don't know, it just yeah. wouldn't work. Okay. Like it'd be, maybe it'd be funny that he inadvertently like, you know, cause the first time he tried to steal from Max, he got caught. Yes. This time he swooped in, bing, bang, boom, out. You beat the snake. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. <laughs> uh, we get the intro credits. Oh, fuck me. This is, this is like, this is the teaser for how this movie's going to go. Why is the song here? This is so, like, I think this was a part of the deal from getting Tina Turner. This is the song, by the, the way. But the, thing, the lyrics, if you turn the music off and you just watch the closed captioning, the lyrics seem like, good, this is a Mad Max song. Then you turn it on, you hear this. Yeah, no words. I did. This, this was the... This was nominated for an Academy Award. Jesus well, it's okay, I think. Berlin. Uh, yeah, Berlin, exactly. <laughs> Um, this I feel like this was part of the deal with Tina being like, "Cool, I want to be in this movie, but I get the song." Yeah, and he goes, "No," he goes, "Well, you don't get me then." <laughs> Is Grace Jones available? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it would have been way better. Uh, maybe she didn't ask George Miller. Maybe she asked Ogilvy on that one. Oof. Um, yeah, because the lyrics are good. The style just doesn't fit. No, not even close. But that kind of sets it up for the, what this movie is like. Yeah, it, the it, premise is there, but the style does not like nothing fits. Is the whistle going to be like the music box in the last movie? That's what I thought watching this. Is I was like, this is going to be the music box piece. Uh, no, I think this is more of the. This is more like I'm going to take down four shadows. Yeah. Being. <laughs> Sometime later, Max crests a ridge and sees desert vehicles like his heading toward a remote city called Barter Town. So far, this definitely has a different cinematographer. Yes. It doesn't. Oh. Dean Semler did the first movie, or Road Warrior, Road Warrior also. Okay. But he also did such epic movies as Dances with Wolves. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Apocalypto. Jesus. Waterworld. <laughs> hey, Super, look. I, Super Mario Brothers. The fuck? These guys will take work anywhere. Comes. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it's part of the job. A gig is a gig is a gig. But it's but like you damn. start from such a high. <laughs> Barter Town, helping to build a better tomorrow. This must be a startup because I'm not seeing a better tomorrow here. <laughs> I'm seeing something Com on the Yeah, Ewok compared movies. to the quote unquote gulag. Uh, this is a paradise. All right. You know, after, when we get to that scene, I'll tell you what I did because I was just like, 
Where is it? It's like, what is the definition of, of a, a gulag? gulag? <laughs> He's grieving, Joe. Miller's grieving. I see a lot of animal pats, pelts, but where are the animals? <laughs> There's a lot. Okay. Yeah. So here, here's the thing about this movie. There's a lot of things, but they don't really like put any thought into it. Yeah. Like everything. I thought the water, the water guy uh, was clever in a funny little bit. And I was like, oh, this is cool. That's okay. That's funny. Yeah. It's like, he comes up, he's like, hey, my game's water. And then Max, for whatever reason, has a fucking, after he gets robbed, has that fucking um, radiation, radiation meter. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like, where the fuck did you have that? More importantly, how do you power that fucking thing? And also, this is really the first mention of nuclear fallout being an yes, issue in it, this it world. It used to be oil crisis. Now That's it's the Big Bang. Yeah. This is nuclear fallout. Which I get it. It's the 80s. Everyone's afraid of nuclear stuff at that time. Yeah. But this doesn't fit. No, nothing in this movie makes sense or fits. It's okay. We'll get through this. We'll push through. Max approaches the gatehouse and finds a man, the collector, who is making deals for goods with visitors. Max demands to be let inside for an hour to find the pilot who stole his vehicle and camels. He offers to trade his skills in lieu of material goods, to which the collector tells him, the brothel's full. Max suddenly grabs the man and shoots the headdress off a guard who threatens him with knives. The collector determines that Max may have more to offer and agrees to take him in. First off, waste of a fucking bullet. Yes. From from a movie that had no bullets <laughs> to, I guess he just has enough to waste now on him because he got his shit stolen. Um, well, he has like 12 guns on him for some reason. I, yeah. <laughs> and he's running through the desert with all that weight. All that weight and the black leather. Yes. Yeah. Makes 100% sense. Uh, so far, I really like the vibe of Barter Town. It feels Mad Maxi. You know, there's strong men in bikinis, and there, uh, there's <laughs> you know football pads and weird masks, and it's it's just weird. It's but my problem with this movie is, and you've put down a date that I didn't even know. The like, fifteen years time, later, yeah, yeah. This feels like over a hundred years have passed since a <laughs> nuclear fallout, if not a thousand years of reset, rebuild. Right. And when some people talk, took it no good, good. Yeah. School has not been an issue in this area for a long, long time. time. And they still know what thing technology is or like what cops are, as Tina Turner mentions. It's like, what well, were you? I was a cop. But that's it, cops have been long gone at this point, motherfucker. Yeah, it's uh, what was, we were talking about a movie a while back where it, it took place way in the future. It oh, it was fucking Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> where, oh yeah, where like, you were like, yeah, like how, how does he know what a waitress is? Waitress is? <laughs> the collector allows him in for twenty four hours. Max agrees, saying it's a bargain. And the collector responds with, "It's not." Well, then renegotiate, you dumbass. He just told he just you told it was a bad deal. Like, cool, renegotiate. <laughs> uh, on the streets of Barter Town, which are populated by citizens and criminals alike, Max sees his vehicle and camels being sold, but is dragged away to meet with Barter Town's flamboyant and charismatic leader, Anti Entity. The two chat for a bit, and Anti sends a signal to her guards to attack Max. He dispatches them all fairly easily. Anti tells him he's the first to survive the audition. 
Auntie and the Collector explain that Barter Town is an attempt to reconstitute civilization in the face of the post-nuclear apocalypse that has destroyed all rule of law and apparently the first two movies from existence. And only a saxophone has survived. Only. And I'm not going to lie. I did think his wife was alive when I first said this. I was like, is that going to be his wife? Personally, I wish that they put a curly wig on that Asian man. And then when he turned around, he just had the cross eyes. And you're like, oh, that would have been hilarious. Like, you know, slim, (laughs) curly hair, saxophone playing the same song. You're like, I think her name is Donna. Something. I I don't know. It was played by Joanne Samuel. Yeah, she goes, he goes, Donna, Donna. And he turns around. No. 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 No, sir, I'm an asshole. No. <laughs> How many assholes we have in Barter Town? Yo. Yo. <laughs> apparently, saxophones are also the only instruments that survive this apocalypse. Including the reeds, apparently. Yes. That take to play those fucking things in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> it's... Just when you thought Mad Max couldn't be silly. I mean. We went from butt raping gangs to raping and pillaging to cross-eyed saxophone players. The funny thing is, I still believe that Lord Humongous is the best villain we've gotten so far. Yeah. I still believe, like, I can see Lord Humongous destroying Toe Cutter's gang, and I can see Lord Humongous taking over all of Barter Town. Absolutely. No, like, the ferocity of... Barter town in general is severely lacking. Absolutely. I mean, there's two guys who are lifting the elevator and they're dressed like Cammy from Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, it's like we'll get to uh, Master Blaster, but such a cool. I, I, you see him and you're like, this is interesting because I don't remember a villain before that was kind of like that. No. And then once again, just not very well thought out. It was a cool idea on paper, but you had to give it context eventually and you couldn't. Yeah, couldn't. Um, but it's also, it's funny because when you see Master and Blaster together, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, in Mortal Kombat 10, there was a character oh, you yeah. choose that had the two guys. Um, Got to give it to Tina Turner. Had a great body back then. Smoking. Beautiful. Uh, With neither an atomic-based nor a petroleum-based energy economy, because remember, oil's still an issue, apparently. Uh, Barter Town runs on methane gas, which is produced from pig feces by prisoner slaves. What is that stench? It's fantastic. I could... God, when when they do the scene where it's like the vat of pig shit. Yes. Physically just... That's gnarly. You need to find a different puke sound bite because that's that's a lot. That's chunky. How's this one? Jesus Christ, dude! Did you film yourself puking? God damn! Went for a search on that one. Yeah, lighten it up a little bit. Jesus. Uh, here I'll here I'll clean things up. There you go. Yeah, can you put that in the fucking... <laughs> okay, Barter Town. Okay, Un- uh, all methane comes from an underground cavern, Underworld, where pigs are raised and herded for their waste. Auntie also sees Max, a large armored man carrying a smaller man on his back. They are Master Blaster. The larger muscular man protects the smaller man, Master, an intelligent dwarf who runs Underworld. 
Come to find out. The definition of uh, intelligent has also (laughs) seeded in our post-apocalyptic world here. Of late, Master seeks to wrest control of Barter Town from Anti-Entity through embargoes where he threatens to cut off the town's energy supply. Anti wants Max to kill Blaster in a fair fight so they can keep Master and use his genius to continue to run the reactor. She offers him the return of his vehicle, his camels, and a supply of methane. In exchange, Max will work for 24 hours in Underworld where he'll be able to size up his opponent. Could you imagine the smell? It's awful. It's like, got to be awful. I was like, oh, cool. Barter town. Great. Can't smell it. You go down to the bowels of barter. Well, yeah. No, all that methane comes, uh, all that smell is up. Yeah. No, it's, it's rank. Yeah. Uh, this movie started so strong and we're only <laughs> 15 minutes in. <laughs> wait, wait, here's the thing. It started off strong right up until barter town. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it almost looks like it's the same size as the previous camp. Yes. Yeah, at the oil refinery. Yeah. yeah looks about the same size, which, you know, budget and whatnot, but you could have, I don't know. Done more. Done more. Uh, here's a, Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. Am uh, I going to Master Blaster? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It's a cool idea. It's such a cool idea, but you can't call a genius that go that talk like this. Me, me blaster. blaster. <laughs> he or me master. He blaster. I run barter town. It, it's it's he's a, a simple jack riding a, an elephant. It's a cool visual without context. Yeah, he wouldn't rise. To this level. He wouldn't. No. You can't just put him in there going, well, that's where he is. There's no way that that is the most intelligent being in the entire barter town. No. And. <laughs> We're only master- 16 minutes in and I oh, want to yeah. throw shit at the screen. There's swords, <laughs> there's spears, there are knives. Master and blaster. Sorry, master can't turn around. No. Master, no, he's just, you know, a big behemoth that just, he's a dummy. Yes. Sneak up behind him. Fink. Done. Done. It's over with. And also, Blaster is not that big. He's really not. I think Humongous is more humongous. Yes. Blaster is just, I feel like Blaster is like your height. We're pretty average, you know. But if you're bigger, but... Like, wouldn't you rather seen this little guy on, like, the mountain from Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Rising above, he's untouchable. He's, he's literally untouchable. Yeah. Whereas, this- like, you can poke him on the forehead. <laughs> boop his nose. Just boop, boop. <laughs> Stop that. In Underworld, Max is subjected to hard labor. He meets a prisoner who has been branded pig killer. Max sees that Master wants his vehicle and has a mechanic working on it. The mechanic has run into a problem. The vehicle is booby-trapped with explosives. When Master demands Max defuse the bomb, Max refuses. His defiance enrages Master, who immediately enacts another embargo against Anti. 
Okay. The power to the city is nearly turned off and Master tricks Ante into saying Master Blaster now runs Barter Town. In doing so, Master slyly switches on the citywide intercom and Ante's voice is heard everywhere, even though about 10 minutes later, no one will even care. Master lifts the embargo and forces Max to defuse his vehicle's bomb. While he does, he trips an alarm siren and notices that Blaster is nearly incapacitated by the noise. He tests him further with a small whistle, finding it to be an effective weapon. Holy shit. Nothing connected in this scene at all. <laughs> it's a fucking mess. <laughs> I'm mad at you, so I'm going to get pissed at her. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, back to the back to the science of things. The science. <laughs> uh you're able to make car fuel with methane. You're that's, able to, that's some wild science. That's some wild shit right there. No yeah. pun intended. Um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I think you would need a lot more pigs you, uh, to run a city like that efficiently. Where are all the cows? Um, we're not talking. What are cows? Okay. Okay. Uh, we get the saxophone again with the background music. <laughs> yeah. How the, f the, the quote unquote genius outsmarted everybody. No idea. No f***ing clue. Like, when you first see him, you go, okay, that's interesting. Then he speaks and you go, what the f***? Like, I can't take it seriously <laughs> at all. Uh, did Master Blaster just unionize and take control of the company? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did, you know, because he's the genius. But then he doesn't because when they go to Thunderdome, they're all looking up to anti-entity still. Yeah. It meant nothing. It meant nothing. And is that sloth from Goonies under Blaster's helmet? <laughs> I did think that Master Blaster was like the villain. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope he kills him, which is going to change for me. Yeah. Come Thunderdome, which I was like, okay. Uh, like, I like it, but you went from being this cold, I'm the ruler to, he's only child. Uh, yes. And yep. then they play the sympathy. Like, <laughs> there's such harsh breaks in the music of like <laughs> yep. Thunderdome like read it 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 he's only a child again out of context visuals don't make a good movie um pig killer I did think this was a cool little thing in this world this would make sense he's serving yes. time for killing a pig because he wanted to feed his family and Brandon on him I thought that was it makes sense since it's fuel. Yes. We're loosely talking fuel here at this point. But where's all the food? It, it, I don't know. Where's the water? Well, all the fruit is up with Auntie Entity. She's got the peaches and <laughs> apricots. Yes, but where are did. all the goddamn trees? Okay. <laughs> Max is released from We don't want we don't want to go too far. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna make things so much worse. But you know what? There was a grocery store down the street. That's what it was. Yeah. It's like when you ask people where was, where does meat come from? The meat counter. The meat counter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Max is released from Underworld and makes a deal with Auntie to kill Blaster. Auntie shows Max Buttertown's only means of settling dispute and its chief form of entertainment. Thunderdome, a large domed cage that serves as a combat arena. Now, for as much as Thunderdome has infected the American zeitgeist, it sure looks like playground equipment. I expected something much like arena-like. No. Rick and Morty, baby. Th this was just sticks just, put together. Yeah, it's the dome. <sighs> the dome is simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. 
I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. <laughs> this dude cracks me the fuck up <laughs> because he is not warranted at all, but he's always making a commentary. He's always announcing something. And he started out as doing a bid for the camels. Yep. And then it's just like those horrible 70 shots of you have now entered the room. You don't know where you are. There are weapons. You have entered Thunderdome. He's almost auditioning for another gig. He really is. Because then he comes back for the spinning wheel and he's just like explaining. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> like, thank you for informing me, but who the fuck are you? I <laughs> Max picks a fight with Master Blaster as they drive through town celebrating their victory over Ante. Master accepts the challenge of Thunderdome. Max and Blaster are taken to the arena and trussed up on elastic bands. There's our first mistake. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are simple. They must try to kill each other using any means necessary, including the weapons placed in the dome. Both show considerable skill in combat, with Max eventually getting the upper hand by using his whistle. Welcome! To another edition of Thunderdome! There we go. Hey. And then the other guy comes out and says, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. <laughs> I wish. He uses a large sledgehammer to knock Blaster's helmet off. As he moves in fin to finish him, he sees that his opponent is mentally retarded. That's what it says. I'm quoting it. <laughs> you make me happy. <laughs> Simple Jack. And it's, he's, it's. <laughs> Remember where you are. And they, this is Thunderdome. Death is listening. <laughs> they, they, they. they Gosh, they, you're an upbeat lady. <laughs> they took a child's chubby face oh. with pimples and they put a bodysuit on top just laying down. It, what I, okay. And he's like half cross-eyed. I have like, so many notes for this scene. <laughs> Oh, go go for it. There's just whole. I was gonna shit. stop it's... reading this part right here just to get us some of this out of the way. Okay. Um, how does Auntie Entity become the governor of this society? She built it apparently. But, but does how? this look like anything in her image of what she wanted? No. No. Um, she's when, a she's a classy lady. When they showed this chainsaw, I was like, "Who's gonna Bruce Campbell this thing? <laughs> Stick it on their hand, you know? That's yeah, a, yeah. That would be Mad Max-ish right there. Yes. I guess the chainsaw is just running on methane now. Maybe what's what's what the hell's with the swinging around shit. I, this scene alone puts this movie at a D for me. Uh, yeah. This is so bad. Who? And here's a, the stunt coordinator was Grant Page. And I said he should never be allowed to work in major movies again. But here's what he did after this. He did the movie No Escape. OK, Son of the Mask. <laughs> Gods of Egypt. Oh, God. This guy didn't do anything afterwards. Oof. Yeah. Is he, are they saying that by looking at someone, you just know their special needs? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's very obvious when you see him, you're like, oh, this is. Yes. Oh. They, no, there's. If genius talk this way. <laughs> then and he's overtaken the big, big guy. guy. He's a little mentally retarded. He might be a little bit. 
Okay, so feeling remorseful at besting an opponent that doesn't understand his own involvement. Seemed pretty well aware. He knew what he was doing. He exactly what he was doing. Max turns to Auntie and says, this wasn't part of the deal. Because that's when his Australian accent came up. <laughs> and I go, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. This was the deal. <laughs> Master demands to know what this deal involves and promises that he'll further squeeze the city for the power he provides. Suddenly, Auntie's guards kill Blaster. The crowd, realizing the outcome of the match, begins to yell the motto of Thunderdome, two men enter, one man leaves. Two men enter, one man leaves. A collective demand to let Max go. When Max tries to leave the arena, he's not permitted. And, and Auntie quells the crowd by saying that Max broke their deal by not killing Blaster himself and introduces a new form of sentencing, the Wheel of Fate. The veins on an old windmill contain punishments for Max, who spins in to reveal his fate. Gulag. But he's tied to a horse and banished to the desert. <laughs> You've entered a room. There's a large spinning wheel. An arrow pointing to one selection. The choice will be yours. But you don't know. You've now entered the scary door. <laughs> it's bust the deal, face the wheel. <laughs> There's ten options. Everything's got to have a f***ing rhyme, doesn't it? There's ten options. There's two. First of all, after Auntie's guard shoots Blaster with the arrow, he blows the smoke off of his crossbow <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's methane powered uh there okay so the wheel has two large slices two medium and six small now the two large ones are auntie's choice in hard labor which would be auntie's choice, choice. okay the two medium slices forfeit goods which you do when you walk into barter town and underworld which is hard Shit. labor yeah hard labor the small slices Life imprisonment. Underworld. Amputation. That's a new one. That's fun. But if you do amputation, you really can't do hard labor. So that's self-defeating. Death, which now you don't have labor. Go. Spin again because it's a <laughs> game. It's a game. Yeah. <laughs> Acquittal. Okay. Make that a small slice. Yeah. Gulag. Cool. Which would really just be like the underworld. Right. And hard labor. Shouldn't it be exile or banishment based on what the punishment ends up being? You know, I think they might have made the Wheel of Misfortune before <laughs> uh, they got to set, and it was just too late to make any adjustments. Uh, they had already welded on the letters. Yes. And then there's this hottie spinning the wheel, but she looks directly at the camera when she does it. Doing her best. She's doing her best. She spins the wheels, looking at the wheel, and then she looks up and looks at the camera for a good second and a half. And you're like, are you, are you looking, are you at, looking me? at me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Shakespeare came. <laughs> He's got, he honestly, he reminds me of Rocky poor picture shows like the servant yes. with the long shoulders. Yep. Who the fuck are you? I don't know. He's just talking and announcing what's going on. Like they needed somebody to go. What are you here? <laughs> what do you contribute? <laughs> I announce. He's just the ringleader, the circus ringleader. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there is a scene missing here. And this is the one where they lower master into the pig pen. Oh, uh, okay. And then the one guy lets the monkey go to find Max because a monkey is going to go find Max across the desert. desert. Yeah, he's got a great nose like a bloodhound. Right. Because primates are known for being Third. able to sniff out things. Yes. 
Okay, when his horse collapses after Max has been exiled, Max is meant by his monkey. <laughs> and monkey got caught up quick. Yeah, he did. Who brings him a goatskin filled with water. Max stumbles on, carrying the monkey for a bit longer, and finally collapses. Was George Miller drunk when he was writing this movie? Like, I get grieving, but even grieving, you can see some yeah. issues. The script was there before the accident. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what the f*** was happening. And what the hell ate oh, his just, horse? Just, just, uh, I don't, we're not. Is that a Sarlacc? <laughs> is that going to ever come back? No. <laughs> can, cool. any, can anything be explained in this movie? No. No, Joe. <laughs> By the way, this is where this movie ends and a new, new movie is going to start. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, by the way, it, man, game over, man, <laughs> game over. In the preface, before we get into this next movie, yes, remember, Mad Max is a selfish human being. He only likes his things. He doesn't care about anybody else. Right. He wants his shit, and that's it. That's all he wants. He'll make a deal to help others, but as long as he gets paid what he wants, then that's important to that's know. Very important in this next little bit. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So. Welcome to the movie planet. Now we're going to start with a new movie called... <laughs> After Thunderdome. Yes, The Lost Boys. Okay, so sometime later, he is found by a person dressed and equipped for desert survival. It is a woman, Savannah, who lives with a group of children in a crevice. Savannah takes Max to her home and tells everyone that she's found their savior. Max wakes up a few days later and is puzzled by the presence of the children as we are. <laughs> Joe, uh huh. There are canyons, Joe. Where did the canyons come from, Joe? Where did they come from? Where did it, where did the canyons go? Where did this kid come from? I uh, I don't. Desert I, shot doesn't show anything. I don't. I don't. I don't have an answer for you here. But I do have <laughs> children showing up in this movie, <laughs> and it's not Pharaoh Boy, which is their biggest mistake. I give you the Ewoks of. Mad Max. <laughs> he holds the conch, has the power. And it's funny because as I'm sitting there, I know I was sitting the whole time. I didn't get up and do something in between. <laughs> but I, I was sitting there going, what, is there a piece, did I skip forward on accident? It's so different, it's jarring. There's no, like, easing into it. It's just desert dystopia fallout to Endor. <laughs> and, and they're not smart kids because they're using a record, a vinyl record to send a message. message. Is this like going, well, E.T. tried thought, it. You, dude, there is no there's, excusing there's, this. I, I, I can't, that, that, that doesn't work. Nothing works. And this, like, I almost am ashamed. Did Hook rip Thunderdome off. <laughs> Did Hook improve Thunderdome? <laughs> Which those are fighting words. What do you mean by that? Did it improve Thunderdome? What do you mean? Hook is a better version of the Lost Boys than what we're watching. Yeah, here. it doesn't improve Thunderdome. No, but it improves. Oh, maybe the opposite. Yeah. Well, no, it improves what we're seeing in Thunderdome. A bunch of boys living together with one woman. Okay. Yeah, and then they, they had the Lost Boys. It was like, this is more fanciful free, what we're seeing here. Um, 
There what the f*** is happening? <laughs> there appears to be one woman and a bunch of kids. And one man. Did Mad well, Max run into the Smurfs? He ran into something. We have Smurfette. We got a bunch of Smurfs and then Papa Smurf, yeah. the other guy. The other teenager. I like, and here's the thing. I, I, I'll give it this because we got to find some positives here and there. I like that Miller wanted to show that different groups have been creating their own societies. This is not the way. There is no way that this group couldn't have been taken over by another group. <laughs> and I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench in this. Yes. If their hero is the pilot. Captain Walker. And they are old enough to know who Captain Walker is. But it was 15 years after Road Warrior. Yes. But he was a pilot. But that plane would have probably crashed 30 years ago, if not 40 years ago. And you get the idea that the the two oldest children there, Savannah and the other guy, they're not 30. No. They've they got to be 15, 16. Yep. And if they were on that plane, they would know about technology such as record player. Or if, you know, if they were too young to know, then where the f*** do the other kids? Have they just been banging out kids? How do they know what a TV screen looks like? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> in good a bit question, of John. in a bit of play acting, they show him that he bears a striking resemblance to a man named Ash. I'm sorry, Captain Walker, because that's what this was. Okay, oh my God. Sam Raimi was like, "I'm gonna do gonna this." <laughs> Walker was the pilot of a passenger airplane carrying colonists seeking to escape the crumbling post-atomic cities. Okay. Okay, sure. The plane crashed in the desert years before, and the children are the descendants of the passengers. What happened to the adults? All of them. All of them. <laughs> the kids have believed that Walker will lead them to civilization, a place called Tomorrow Morrowland. Disney. Max tells PG-13. Tomorrow, Morrowland. Max tells them that he's not Captain Walker, Walker and that civilization is gone, wiped out by the apocalypse. He tells them that they'll stay in the valley. Savannah, disheartened by Max's revelations, decides to leave with a small group of children to find their paradise. It kind of looks like they're already living there. Yeah, and Max even points out, we're going to stay here, everybody's going to be fine, and we're going to live happily ever after. This was literally filmed out of Australia. They went to Great Britain for this scene. Oh, for their studios? No, they they found a place in the wilderness there to do that whole. Shut piece. up! They That's didn't serious. just. Oh my god! They didn't just make this a set. What the? F you? Oh my god! Okay, whatever. All right. Um. Uh. This Savannah, I want to smack the shit out of her. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad Mad Max just punches her right in the fucking face. I couldn't believe when he did. I was like, damn. <laughs> she is not making any fucking sense. At all. No, no. It's like, we're going to tomorrow. Night, we're going now. Like, what's the urgency now? <laughs> no, it's going to, it's dangerous. You're going to be taken as a slave and probably a prostitute for the rest of your life and killed and tortured. We're going now, now. But don't worry. The logic keeps going here because Max stops them and has them bound. He ties all the kids up. Did he? Well, when they go to the night shot, it appears that they, they show you the shot of three or four people and it's quiet in the camp and they're tied to poles. And you get the idea that Max tied them all up and was like, Fuck it, I'm done with this. I just tied all the kids up. That's hilarious. But 
Some they're of just going to let them. Oh, they're just going to let them tie them. Okay. All right. Whatever. Well, so, okay. One of the group. And who's the weirdo with the Jack Skellington makeup? Screw loose. Screw loose. That's, That's a great name. name. One of the group, screw loose, frees them in the night and they strike out. Max goes after them with a few more of the children and finds the group struggling to save one of them from a sinkhole in the desert. Okay. It's not the Sarlacc. It's a sinkhole. Even with Max's help, they fail. What's sad is that I understand more about their society than anti-entities. <laughs> well, you know, simple. You know, it's simplified. It's you're surviving. Yes. Did you like it when he threw his hat in the air and it magically flew off into oh, the, with the wind? It. Yeah, just and then everything just started like picking up and like, oh, oh, he has magic powers now. Right. He has the <laughs> he has the he has the Lord, but Jesus behind him now. But at the same time, I'm like, I, you know what? Just for entertainment's sake, I want to see these kids try to take on Barter Town and see what happens. Oh yeah, let the let. <laughs> Yeah, 12 kids go in, 12 men go in, 12 walk out. And I am I wrote in here, what was the point of this entire storyline with the Lost Boys? And I think I understand what it is based on the ending, which is they needed people. So instead of doing the same adult, crazy-ass people, let's do something different with some younger people. And I appreciate that he tried something else, but you know, sometimes we, we don't. Yeah. This is kind of what I was afraid about with the Mad Max series. It all looks cool, but this movie is the slippery slope. I was worried about with Mad Max, which is that you were forewarned. If you were to show me, the storyboards for this. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, cool, write a script for it. Then they wrote a script and I went, put that script away and put the pictures away. We'll just leave them as pictures we drew as doodles. It was cool. It was cool. Here's a flip book of it. But we didn't need a Boba Fett series. <laughs> Holy f- Later that night, they see the distant lights of Barter Town and go there, sneaking into the city. Max knows that they need to free Master and why and take him along to build help build a new home. <laughs> Excuse me, grabbing at straws here, Miller. Now listen, good. I'm not Captain Walker. I'm the guy that keeps Mister Dead in his pocket, and I say we're gonna stay here. And we're going to live a long time, and we're going to be thankful. <laughs> you can take genius if you want. I don't know why you would, but no, you can't take the pigs. Where are the other animals? I, how are they going to... How, how is Max, the Lost Boys plus girl, and Master going to rebuild society? Well, we all know. They're going to run Savannah's a train gonna, on Savannah. Savannah's going to have to make some sacrifices <laughs> for the greater good. It's going to be like that chapter in It no one wants to talk about. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> and this is how the Mandalorians began. Okay. <laughs> uh, they are quickly spotted by Underworld's guards and a fight ensues. Pig Killer, whom Max had befriended while working there, starts up a locomotive with an attached caboose and breaks out of Underworld into the desert. The damage to the city is heavy. However, Auntie knows they can rebuild if they can recapture Master. Boy, this guy must have some mojo going. You ain't rebuilding shit. This is like the Ewoks taking on the Empire. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Just 
Did you like it when the kids finally realized that they needed a needle for the record to work? <laughs> I've enjoyed the podcast much more than the movie so far. Oh my God. This is rough. It is. Uh, she and her warriors pursue the train for several miles while Max and the older kids fight off Auntie's men. At one point, Auntie sees Master and has her mechanic decouple the caboose. As they drift away, Max grabs Master, yells, we're finally in a Mad Max movie, and leaps into the locomotive. Coming to a sudden stop at the line's end, they see Jedediah's young son who tells them all to raise their hands. However, he runs when he sees that Auntie's crew is rapidly approaching. This, we're finally back. We're back on track. It only took an hour, an hour and 20, and 20 minutes. minutes. We're back on track. <laughs> Which is almost as long as it took the first movie to get Max to be mad. It, it's an origin story. <laughs> you don't have the Joker first five minutes. You have the Joker. He is Joker. in the first five minutes of no, Dark Knight. No, you don't have. No, no, no. I'm talking about Joker. The movie Joker. Oh, the, okay. Okay. I see what you You don't saying. have Joker until the end. Gotcha. All right. You got to work into it. You got to put your sh- boots on one at a time. I put some time in. Exactly. Love Jedediah Jr. Yes. I don't know why the train man was recast as a different person, but he's he's great. He's, you know, he's not a focal point. No. Uh, but he does something in this where every time I hear a line that's similar to it, I go to Pulp Fiction. Any of you move, and I'm going to execute every last one of you motherfuckers. (laughs) Can we just watch Waterworld now? Can we just stop what we're doing? Wait, 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 no. I don't want to keep going. We're not done yet. Uh, Max and his crew chase the boy to his father's hideout. Max tells Jedediah that they'll have to escape in the pilot's plane. With Auntie bearing down, Jedediah says that there isn't enough runway between them and Auntie to take off. Also, yep. <laughs> if you know anything about planes, you ain't fitting 24 fucking people on that little itty <laughs> plane. It does not matter how much weight you lose. There is a threshold for humans. They did not watch Flight of the Phoenix. <laughs> Where did all those fucking people fit in the plane? And they would... <laughs> yeah, we're all going to get in the plane. We're all going to go. Yeah, like, right. Oh. Sure. Lovely little fantasy you've got there. Using a vehicle captured by Screw Loose, Max drives out ahead of the plane. It took him that long to catch up? Yeah. Well, it took the monkey much, much shorter amount of time. True. True. Uh, Max drives out ahead of the plane at high speed, heading directly toward Auntie's lead vehicle. Also. Driven by her bodyguard, Iron Bar. Also. Yep. If Screw Loose had hijacked the truck... And then Max and the crew went down into the ground. Where, how the f*** would screw loose nowhere to fucking go? In the middle of the fucking desert. He wouldn't. They, he just, wouldn't. they just water worlded themselves. They did. This. Yep. You know what they had? They had uh, sharks that went yeah, out. Sharks and the, them. Yes. Yes. Aquaman on two purposes. <laughs> well, now it's Aquaman <laughs> on some skis and he's in the sand and riding sand sharks. <laughs> With all that hair. It's flowing. It's your boy from Dune riding a sandworm. Like a man. <laughs> All I can think of is like Jennifer Connelly's on the horse. Could you say that thought Tamara Morrison and Boba Fett riding one of those banthas? <laughs> it's a 
the same motion. Like so, <laughs> just so disappointed. Like, this is where my life has led to this. Uh, Max leaps out just before the collision and Jedediah's plane takes off safely. Oh, good. It wouldn't be a Mad Max movie without a head-on collision, am I right? <laughs> hey, they're they're three for three now. <laughs> they, they, they got it down. Yeah. Um, Max is met by Auntie and a few of her crew who point their rifles at him. Auntie, however, simply lets Max go and they leave him in the desert. What? <laughs> what? <Yeah>. <laughs> what was all, the point? All, all of this, just so she could go, we made quite the pair. No, no, you, you don't. You didn't. <laughs> you just let him leave. He he blew up your entire thing and stole your quote unquote genius. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? Like, I, I this, have, is, this is the moment where you you take him back and you torture him for the rest of his life. He he made a sacrifice. Right. He made the sacrifice, which when I that brought up earlier, the previous twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I brought up earlier before we went to the second movie, Max is a very selfish person. Yes. He's like, we can live with these kids. We can make a society. Like, you don't care about these, like, the, this is not the Max I know. I feel like. You can make a sacrifice, but you'll keep, get your things and you'll be on your merry way like normal. I feel like there's a movie between Road Warrior and this that shows that change in him that we never got. Because when he leaves Road Warrior, he was just screwed over by driving an empty diesel tank and taking a whole lot of shrapnel for it. Yeah. This doesn't seem like that's going, you know what I'm going to do? Be more generous. <laughs> oh, he also lost his brace, so his knee's better. I did notice that. He's having no issues anymore. No issues. It's been 15 years, I mean... Sure. Everybody knows as you age, age your knees improve. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just wait as long as he doesn't kneel down like crunchy, you know, you know. No, it's fine. No. Jedediah flies his passengers far into the desert where they eventually come across the city of Sydney, recognizable by its famous bridge. They settle there with Savannah, who has recently born a child, saying they keep the lights on in the city in case Max returns. Who is Savannah getting with? Aren't they all kids? There's the one guy. Jedediah. He finally, finally got the girl. Bruce Spence, always getting the always ladies. Always getting the ladies. <laughs> the film ends with the words, for Byron. And I get a feeling Byron Kennedy was reportedly found in heaven. And when asked about this, he said, no, thanks, you take it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, I can explain this. I slept with Miller's wife. <laughs> I kind of deserve this one. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Uh, well, no, we're not done yet. Oh. We're not done yet. No, we got. No. We have more anal, yes. anal assist to do. Yes. <laughs> okay. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 86%. How the f***? <laughs> 12 fresh and 2 rotten. The critics on average gave this one a 7.5 out, out of 10. fucking mind. The critics' consensus says. Beyond Thunderdome deepens the Mad Max character without sacrificing the amazing vehicle choreography and stunts that made the originals memory. Did these yeah, guys see the movie? All 10 minutes of it. All 10 minutes of the hour and 30. Now, look, I had to pull up 
all critics instead of top because there's only two rotten ones. So here is the all critics. We got Paul Atanasio of the Washington Post that says, it's comic books in a Cuisinart. All costumes and cute monikers and no story. A sort of case history of just what's wrong with sequelitis. <laughs> He's not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, Dave Kerr of the Chicago Reader says, the punky energy of the earlier films has given way to a self-conscious striving for significance, obscuring Miller's considerable kinetic talents in favor of a lumpy didacticism. He just wanted to use some big words. Yeah. And Christopher Null of fa- film critics said, let's face it, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is ter- isn't terribly memorable. <laughs> it's not terribly good either. It's given us one thing that we still use today, and that is Welcome, Welcome to Thunderdome. Thunder and even then, it's come after watching this, I realized I've been saying it wrong for years. Welcome it should to be a new edition. Another edition another of Thunderdome. Yep. And it's like, wow. It's like when people say, you know, what's the line? Is it, uh, Luke, I'm your father. No, it's, no, I'm your mother. father. We remember it differently. The audience score is a 3.2 out of 5 with 49% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. That's so high. This is what happens when you have cult movies and you get they have nothing but time to be on the internet and write them stuff. This is how you get S. Darko. Yes. The much Un- under underwatched sequel, or is it a prequel? Prequel to Dolly, Donnie Darko, right? No. It's a sequel. Sequel. It's his sister. It's, it's sister. the same actress, too. Yes. <clears throat> um, so the movie's over. Were you entertained? And I'm going to say this. The first time I watched this, I stopped at around the 40-minute mark. The second time I watched this, I stopped to take a crap. And... As I'm sitting there, I grab my Kindle. I'm like, oh, well, I was kind of watching Black Widow a little bit. I'll watch Black Widow again because the podcast was just coming out. And I got off the shitter and I went to my bed and I watched all of Black Widow. And then I went back to my chair, picked it back up, started it over. Jesus. And couldn't believe that there was a second movie in this whole movie. <laughs> so, Sam, how about you? Were you entertained? How can I be? <laughs> that is the question. How can I be entertained? This is the equivalent of Matrix Resurrections. No. I truly will go out of my way to never watch this again. I, I'm the same way. I am... Still upset I have to watch Resurrections for the podcast next year. <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. I don't want to do it. Here's why it's going to be wonderful. Uh, it's always fun to do to talk about the movies that are shit. The bitch is watching it first. Okay, let's figure out whether the awards got it right. the Academy Awards it got no nominations but at the Golden Globes it got one for best original song for Tina Turner's uh, We Don't Need Another Hero but it lost to Lionel Richie's Say You Say Me from White Knights anything but that and We Don't Need No Hero uh, last time I checked the kids needed a hero my concern is that the power of love from Back to the Future did not win yeah no I did wow no idea um which now it's making me laugh because obviously he's with Stranger Things. They went to go see Back to the Future. I'm like, Thunderdome came out. 
around this time. <laughs> Thunderdome came in around the time of Back to the Future. Yes. Oh. Um, Academy of... Okay, this is the Saturn Awards. It was nominated for Best Costumes, and it lost to Lady Hawk. It was nominated for Best Director, but it lost for, for to Ron Howard for Cocoon. Good on... I mean... You got Fright Night, yep. Back to the Future, Return of the Living Dead. A Woody Cocoon. Allen movie. They just give him awards when he shows up. Yeah, I've never even heard of The Purple Rose of Cairo. Um... Best science fiction film it was nominated for, and it lost to Back to the Future, uh, which I think that's good. Uh, <laughs> this movie should not win anything. It, it was up against A View to a Kill, which is a Bond movie, Enemy Mine, which is one we want to, yes. and Cocoon. It was not going to win no matter what. The fact that it was, it was even nominated for best writing, I don't know whose Dick Miller had to suck to get that in there. I don't know either. You know what? It's the it's the George Miller effect, which is if he sh- after Road Warrior, if he showed up at the awards, oh, you know what? He does practical effects. We love that. Let's give him awards, and we'll give him a writing award. No one pay attention, and but they gave it to Fright Nights. Tom Holland, not Spider Man. <laughs> Preface. I'll be honest with you. The fact that Fright Night won over a Woody Allen movie or Cocoon is pretty shocking. Um, But yeah, so it it didn't it didn't win shit, rightfully so. On to our next segment: Type Three Bot Type Three Top Type Three. Sounds like a virus. Top Three (laughs) Bottom Three. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight and what we want to hammer down. So we'll start with the top three, and I'll start my number three: Bruce Spence and his kid, and they're in it for about seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, My number two: The Wide Shots. Look even better here than the last movie. Each movie has improved on establishing shots of the setting. Mm-hmm. And my number one, I like that we saw two different communes of people. They aren't all BDSM warriors. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, go for it. Aww. Boy. <laughs> I had originally, I originally put, uh, I don't have anything. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is more of a, an attempt to expand. Yeah. yeah. It's more of an effort, not the execution, but an an effort to be a little different than the first two movies. They expanded the world of Mad Max. No, to this, Yeah. The effort. It's what the fans want. They always want their favorite franchise to expand the world. world. I want the lore. I don't want the Skywalker stuff. I want to see what else is going on in Star Wars. (laughs) Okay, number two. Yep. Uh, You know, Pilot and his son. (laughs) Bruce. They're both very. They're very little but charming. Yes. Uh, I love Jedediah Junior. Wish he was in it more than five minutes. And uh, my favorite part is the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I like how you went from 15 down to 10. <laughs> yeah, because I thought 15, that's pushing it. That takes us into barter town. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Holy fucking shit. Time for the bottom three. Okay. My number three for my bottoms. Uh, the fact that this movie feels like two completely different movies slammed into one. 
it was not necessary. Uh, my number two, if there was this nuclear fallout, then the drinking water wouldn't be drinkable and the forest the kids live in would be decimated. And my number one, Mad Max hooked people by its dystopian car battles. This focuses more on the world building rather than the expectations. Pick a lane, George Miller. Sam? My number three, yeah. this movie. Number two, this movie. <laughs> and number one, this movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, for a real bottom three. Yeah. Number three, this movie drags ass. It is so boring. Oh, yeah. That I had, You stopped watching it three times. <laughs> I had to push through. I chose to watch Black Widow instead of this. <laughs> of Do Your Homework, yeah. Uh, number two, the god-awful logic Ugh. to this god-awful movie. Uh, number one is the what the fuck is happening moments that happen this entire film. <laughs> it doesn't stop. You're just like, what the fuck is that? Why the fuck is that there? Yeah. I don't How know. is this here? That doesn't make any sense. What the fuck is happening? It's shameful. Shameful. And this got nominated for best writing I, at the Saturn awards, <laughs> but it, it lost a fright night, which is kind of an indictment of its writing. Because Fright Night wasn't exactly, compared to what else was up there, you're not thinking that's going to win over those. Mm. Well, let's do our critics for analysis. Uh, Should I go okay. first? A C is considered average, A is the highest, F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad it receives F from all the hosts. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. It doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. <laughs> Not even bacteria. What do you give 1985's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and the action adventure movie genre by today's standards? Sam, go for it. This is the dumbest Mad Max of the franchise. <laughs> There's a pure lack of logic and just throwing shit at, throw, sorry, throwing pig shit at the wall and hoping that some of the splatter sticks and it just doesn't work. There's an attempt to expand and go full blockbuster. And as part of the 80s blockbuster formula, it's got saxophones. It's got giant sets. It's got cinematography <laughs> without a whole lot of thought put into it. Miller was grieving the passing of his friend and producer. And maybe he should have taken the time to process his feelings and emotions instead of bang out a movie. But then you realize he wrote the script before. So it was dog shit before. But I don't know. <laughs> don't make a movie to cope with your grieving Wachowski sister cope with your grieving then make art this is the lighter of the two that is more silly and less gang of bikers raping and killing people and I miss that I miss the raping and killing Joe <laughs> Mad Max is a dystopia but I just feels like Burning Man <laughs> Mel and Tina are great but their characters are meh and the decisions to change the characters is enough to notice and ponder what the f***? You wouldn't do that. Nope. He wouldn't. She wouldn't. Why is she doing? That doesn't make f***ing sense. What the f*** is happening? The music is forgettable aside from the out of place Tina Turner saxophone or T Tina Turner song and the saxophone. To sum up, this movie blows and it's even worse. That's not even laugh laughably bad. It's purely unenjoyable. 
I cannot give this movie an F because it doesn't deserve to be with Waterworld. It's less. It needs to fade into the dark abyss. This is a D minus. It's the lowest I can give it without being a planet killer. It's just you. You started <laughs> Mad Max. The original is miles ahead of this movie. I, I agree with everything that you've said, and now here is more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me expand further. Before I go into this, I want to tell everybody how I grade these because people think, well, a D minus is greater than an F, so why isn't it getting an F? An F is so bad, you will let you will want your friends to come over to watch this movie because of how bad it is and have a great time watching it. A D minus is like, this is as unwatchable as it gets, and I would not subject my friends to this. That's how I look at it. Now, in the action-adventure movie genre, this actually has less action than the first Mad Max movie, and that is not a good sign in this pantheon. Let me start with this, however. As Miller gets more money, he knows how to do more with it. He creates spectacular visuals and knows how to make settings and the world he's created unique. Inside that world is Mad Max, arguably the most boring hero we've ever seen titled in a franchise. Casting-wise, look, it's Mel Gibson and Tina Turner. Everyone else is just random Ewoks in a desert. Master and Blaster are an interesting visual, but nothing as compared to Lord Humongous or his life mate Wes or Feral Kid or the Gyro Captain. This is shameful. And I'm starting to see Mad Max fans as the same people who claim that Boba Fett is their favorite character from the original trilogy. He's an icon. Yeah, he looked cool, but he didn't do shit. Your imagination for what he did based on how they looked built him into this ultimate character in the universe. And yeah, there's probably some side tales about Mad Max that fleshes out the world just like there was with Boba Fett, but a good character doesn't rely on the audience doing the homework beyond the movie. After all, you gave Boba a series and you realized he was nothing like you built him up to be based on his look. You need context and history with these characters within the fabric of the movie to make them worth remembering. You can't just say 15 years passed, so there was all this growth and now you've caught up. Fuck you. I'm giving this movie a D minus. Waterworld is so bad it's great. This movie is just so bad. I can't say this is global killer worthy. George Killer, George Killer. <laughs> George Miller, even though he was grieving, phoned this one in. Waterworld and the Matrix Revolutions were 100% effort gone wrong. They were done earnestly and took themselves seriously. That makes them total failures considering how bad they were and easy to laugh at because of it. Great in this movie, if I were to give it an F, would be like Mad Max sledgehammering blaster in Thunderdome. I, I, I can't laugh at that. It isn't bad enough for me to want it in the global killer pantheon. I don't want it remembered. I want it erased from existence. Bring on Fury Road, and I'm praying that Fury Road lives up to the expectations. And right now, they're set pretty low. Yeah, can only go up. Can only go up. Now, I am expecting that Fury Road, I I will give that higher than a B because I believe I gave Road Warrior a B. Yes. And from what I understand, it's just unequivocally, it's better than Road Warrior. So by that standard, it's going to be either B plus, A minus, A based on everything here. Now, 
that being said, when we look at the action adventure pantheon, it is way down there. It's not getting into the pantheon. Uh, and uh, sorry, you're not going to Waterworld. You are so bad. And we are pissed off that we had to watch this. Okay, let's get a critic's hats off. Hey, Sam, did you love this movie? You like this movie or none of the above? How can you? <laughs> How can you enjoy this movie? How can you give it a 7 out of 10? How can you rate this a 3 out of 5? I don't know. I don't know when I'd ever watch this movie again. Road Warrior, I told you that if it showed up on TV, you know what? I might stop and sit there and watch the rest yeah, of that right now. This if comes on immediately. No, I don't even want them to. I don't even want the ratings to show up that I popped in for a second. <laughs> I get angry now when I go on my Rotten Tomatoes app and I see there's Beyond Thunderdome. It's like I had to look that up. <laughs> OK, well, there you go. That's all we got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll look at Mad Max Fury Road from 2015 for the Action Adventure Movie Pantheon, closing out our Mad Max franchise look. We're, we're closing the book on George Miller's dystopian future until... Furiosa. Thank you. Comes out in, what, two years? Probably. Probably two years. Assuming Miller doesn't die and Ogilvy takes over, in which case we know, ass. Happy feet with Matt Max. Okay, so, so you can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Sam, any last words? Yeah. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> Just don't watch it. Skip it, skip it, skip it. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching. get assaulted again this week dude it's just <laughs> it's non-stop it's such a fucking bad song i don't get it by the way uh if i can i would love to borrow the star wars oh the comic yes because i'm not paying yeah. 280 bucks for it yeah no problem um oh i can't fucking wait i'm halfway through uh the star wars book it's awesome isn't I it 
can't fucking believe it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, yeah, I already bought a copy. Like, I forgot to actually bring your copy back. Yeah. I started rereading it after I gave it to you. I was like, God, this is so good. Fuck. Uh, you're a Fright Night fan. I've never watched Fright Night. Oh, I thought, I thought you had. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm mixing it up with Salem's Lot. Oh, is it a vampire kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, which I saw Salem's Lot got pushed to next year. Did it? Yeah. I just keep shuffling it along. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's tough when you have uh, Midnight Mass. They fucking set the bar. They did. Yeah. For a Salem's Lot-esque movie TV series. They have set the bar. Yeah, and it's, and they probably go, remember it. oh, fuck. We shouldn't have announced Salem's Lot. It's uh, it's just bad timing. Because they're putting, they put out Jerusalem's Lot as well. Did they? They're they're putting it out. Okay. Which is Salem's Lot like 200 years prior. Yeah. Which I'm an idiot. I didn't realize that Salem's Lot is just Jerusalem. Yeah. Shortened. 